This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today's episode is Setting Expectations. Today I'm going to share with you how not setting expectations leads to frustration and the simple way that you can ensure that you don't follow my mistakes. Part of the beauty of life is the growth of, of learning, isn't it? I just when you think, at least with me, just when I think I have it kind of quote unquote all figured out, I got it dialed in, I know what's coming, I realize I have no freaking clue. And if you're new to the show, you wouldn't have knowledge of the fact that I used to work in the automotive industry. Started in a little little dealership in Mansfield, Ohio called Whitey's Auto Mall that was Ford, Lincoln, Mercury, GMC, and Honda. Started as a salesperson, became the internet sales manager, which is a manufactured title, just to pander to my 22-year-old ego. Then eventually did become the sales manager of the GMC and Lincoln Mercury showroom. Very prestigious title inside of that dealership, said facetiously. That eventually progressed into me getting too big for my britches there and coming to the big city of Columbus, Ohio. I got hired into... Crown Mercedes Benz, where I took what felt like in the moment a step backwards to take 20 steps forward. Took a, took, a, took a job as a salesman. Very rapidly worked from salesman up to assistant sales manager and then eventually became general sales manager of that store. Got picked off, got recruited, got enamored with a dealership that was our next door neighbor that big dealership called Midwestern Auto Group that is literally every European franchise under the sun, with the exception of Mercedes-Benz, all owned by one individual, where I got recruited to be the general sales manager of that group, being groomed to be the general manager. And all this at 26, potentially. That takes its twists and turns, and eventually I leave the dealership, and it was one of the most exciting moves I ever made. I got to travel the world with that dealership. China, Spain, England, Italy. All, all over the place. But it makes it interesting as I look to buy and sell cars. Right, I love cars. It's admittedly why I got into the car business. It wasn't because I was inherently gifted at sales. It wasn't because I thought it was a prestigious job. It was because I literally loved automobiles. I just I always have. Even back when I had little matchbox cars and would ramp them off of our concrete front porch in our little house in East Aurora, New York. And it makes car buying difficult for me now because I understand how the entire game works. And I love the game. So I'm always looking at Facebook Marketplace, I'm looking for good deals, I'm looking for cheap cars. Because I, I get bored, right? I had a demo for a long time. And if you're not familiar with the business, the demo is essentially you have a license plate and you put it on the back of any car on the lot and you drive it home. So when you get bored of something, you trade in something different. It's incredible. But with it being incredible, it's also a curse. Because being many years removed from the car business, and granted I had a fair amount of success inside of the hosting business that I share so openly, I would have multiple different cars at the same time. Most times I had two, three, 
sometimes as many as four cars that were just mine. So I never had to drive the same one too often. I know, pretty crazy, right? It's truthful. I just love it, love it, love it. And so, so I go back and forth and look at cars and I'm you know, friendly with people that own dealerships in Columbus. Lindsay and I are out last weekend and get some IVs. Right, I'm a big fan of getting IV therapy done, so we get some IVs and we stop across the street uh, to see a buddy of mine that owns a dealership there. I just stop in, drive around, look at some different things. One thing leads to another, and I pick up a new car for us. Right, not brand new, but new to us, and it had just come in on trade. Drive it home, and it was late on a Saturday that we took delivery. Take delivery late on a Saturday. The car hadn't been serviced yet, so they asked me to. Right, I had to kind of negotiate so I could drive it home because you're not supposed to do that. Right, because the car hadn't even been safety inspected yet. In theory, something could go incredibly wrong, and they'd be liable for it. Now, of course. I would never hold them to that, and nothing went horribly wrong. But I'm driving at home, drive on the highway, right, nice, smooth. I go to get off the highway, and I feel the brakes pulsate a little bit. I feel the, the steering wheel pull to the right, and I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal. It just needs brakes replaced. So reach out to the owner that I'm friendly with. Leave him a message say, hey, I'm going to be that guy. I put 16 miles on it, and it needs service. It needs brakes. It needs some things. It's like, man, don't worry about it. Bring it in. We knew it. We knew it was going to need some stuff. So I drive it, you know, around a little bit last week. I don't even go through a full tank of gas, so it's it's not that big of a deal. Didn't put too many miles on it. And take it back out on Monday. I see the general manager of the store, not the owner. Give him the keys. I'm excited to see him. Right, shake hands. He goes, man, don't worry about it. We'll get it back to you tomorrow. Everything will be good. So they, they message me, it's done. So I go out, look at it, ask for something called the used car inspection, the UCI. Because right, in the dealership world, when you have a car that comes in that's a trade-in, you have to get it inspected. You don't have to. right? Dealerships of certain you know, quality and caliper will, caliber will inspect their cars. And the service department, a little inside secret for you, the service department operates as its own entity. So the service department charges the used car department just like a regular customer, and they try to find everything possible wrong with a car. Because your service writers, like physically when you go and you sit down, they get paid on how much business they close. And the technicians get paid on how many hours they turn, right? So an oil change is worth an hour, let's say, and a brake job is worth two hours, and they're goal as service technicians is to complete those jobs in as quick amount of time as possible with the least amount of errors because every job pays so many hours. And so literally service is the biggest profit department of any dealership many, many, many times over. Many, many times. It's not sales. If you're going in to negotiate the living daylights out of a car deal these days, you're just setting yourself up for headache and frustration. There's just not that much profit left in car deals. It's just not. Too much information out there. You can hop online and shop any competitor in the world, literally in the country, call them up, get their best price, and just keep shopping it around. So save yourself the time and headache. It's not really worth all that. So drop the car off, go to pick it up, ask see the UCI, and the GM says, sure, let's go back. 
brings back to service, nobody can produce the UCI. That's not a big deal, right? It's the end of the day. I'm kind of getting there at the last minute. I'm not mad at that at all. Things happen. Don't care. That's okay. Well, were the brakes checked out? Were some of these things? And like nobody can tell me that they were. I'm like, look, I'm no, no stress. We have another car. Right, Lindsay's lease is about to be up on her car, so we have a car just kind of sitting around. Why don't we just do this? Why don't I drive that car home? I don't even need a service loaner from you, and you guys just keep the car. Just call me when it's done. I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. General manager says, I'll call you tomorrow. It'll be done. Now, at that moment, I should have, as I refer to it, closed the loop. I should have asked what time. I should have asked what the expectations were. I should have asked for the UCI. I should have asked for a number of different things, but I didn't. I said, okay, right, no big deal. Because truly, it's it, it wasn't and it's really not now. Well, Wednesday comes and goes and I get no phone call. But Wednesdays are my busy days here at the office, like really busy. So I don't mind that I don't get the phone call. I'm tied up anyways. I couldn't have really made it over there. Thursday, as I'm recording this, it's now 6.48 p.m., and I realized at 5.50 that I had not yet heard from the dealership. So I call out. They try to track some things down. Service is closed at 6. Nobody can tell me what's going on. He says they didn't find anything wrong with the brakes. And right there's, there's still no UCI. There's still no anything. And so here I am. I certainly am very fortunate to have another car to drive home. I'm not you know, out anything. The dealership didn't inherently do anything wrong. And that's where this gets unique is it's on me. Right? So often in situations like this, we want to blame somebody else. And I started going down that path. I literally said to Kurt, like, man, damn these people. I just want my car. But it's not their fault. Right? I'm intelligent enough to know that if you hold somebody down to a time, you're more likely to get a good response. I mean, that's how the world works. So all I needed to do was say to the general manager, like, what time will you be calling? What time can I expect your call by? Will you have the used car inspection report for us to review together? Had he had those things, or had I asked for them, or had we pushed in that direction, I'm sure the answer would have been yes, but I didn't. And then I waited to the end of the day on Thursday to follow up, which is also my fault. I mean, certainly it could be said that it would be their responsibility to call me, but ah, we're, we're literally splitting hairs. And so I'm starting to realize, by not setting expectations... In any capacity, it becomes very easy to let things just kind of go awry. Right, where there's just um, things that just don't go the right way. And I'm realizing it's not just in something trivial like buying a used car. It's like if I don't set expectations for what I'm going to get done on a business day, all of a sudden I look at the end of the day, I'm like, what did I get done today? If I don't expect set expectations, I want to call somebody or when we're going to follow back up, magically I get, I'll say, trapped in my own mind or get self-important or too busy and I don't follow back up. I don't call them. So there's this unique awareness that has been brought to me by something so trivial as not having my used new car, not having just a, a conversation feedback loop that ensures the fact that I know what's going on. So the same question would be asked to you. As you analyze your days, you think about, it, are you setting expectations that are able to be upheld by those people closest to you? Are you leaving open loops? Is a 
typical communication style in which there is a very easy way for you to be let down or disappointed. And this could happen anywhere. right? You have a, a workout partner. You say, look, I, I really have a busy day today. Or I have a busy day tomorrow. we got to start exactly at 8 o'clock so I can be exactly done by 9 so I can get to my first meeting. And if you don't say that and you don't actually show up on time and you're frustrated that you don't start till 8.30, right? that's not your workout partner's fault. And this certainly happens inside of relationships all the time, right? Where even Lindsay and I don't always get this right with setting the expectations of like, when are you going to be home? And I'll say, I don't know, right? Around this time, it works much better if she says, I need you to be home by 7.15. When I hear that, I'm like, okay, got it. No problem at all. I'll make it. Because I truly would and will. But without that close to that, I love working. I love growing. I love writing and typing and evolving. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to just get up and leave. So it becomes fascinating to me when you start looking at these different areas in which we don't close the feedback loop for ourselves. And then we're let down because someone that didn't know you had expectations because you didn't verbalize the expectations didn't meet your expectations. So make sure you're mapping things out and think things all the way through. And life gets a tremendous amount easier. I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.